the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Javante, Jacob, Katia, Andrew, Tia, Violet, Dustin, Shahizi, and the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. This hour, we're going to talk about... uh, Non-opioid ways to address stress. With um, my guest this hour, who is an adjunct clinical professor emeritus of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the Stanford University School of Medicine, his Feeling Good and Feeling Good Handbook have sold more than 5 million copies worldwide. He's taken a step further with a new book called Feeling Great, Even Better. His name is uh, Dr. David Burns. He joins me now by phone. Uh, Doctor, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, honored to be on your show. Well, um, we we like feeling good around here. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the Dalai Lama said that happiness is the purpose of life. I'm not sure he said that, but I think he said that, and if he didn't, he should have. I, I, was, I agree with you completely on that. Um, is it mind over what's the matter? Well, um, in, in, in a sense, uh, although it might be hard for people to grasp quite what, what you meant there, but it was an incredibly important point. The 2,000 years ago, a Greek philosopher named Epictetus made a statement that has kind of transformed the field of modern psychotherapy, he said that we're disturbed not by events, but by by our thoughts about them. In other words, it's not what's happening to you, but but the way you interpret it. And uh, that's potentially liberating because we often can't change what's happening. There's a lot of, you know, bad things that happen to all of us sooner or or later, but you, you can change the the way you you think about it 
and um, and 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 then when you're upset, the the interesting thing is you'll be giving yourself negative messages that will be false. Depression and anxiety are the world's oldest cons. You'll be telling yourself things like, if you're depressed, you'll be telling yourself, "Oh, I'm, I'm a loser." Like a young woman told me uh, just recently, she broke up with her boyfriend of two two years and was feeling pretty low and was telling herself, "I'm unlovable. I'll I'll be alone forever." Uh, those are the kind of thoughts that cause depression. When you're anxious, you'll be telling yourself that something terrible is going to happen. Like uh, when I give my talk at work, I'll, I'll screw up, my mind will go blank, I'll make a fool of myself, everyone will, will, will judge me. And, and these thoughts contain uh, what I call thinking errors. My book, first book, Feeling Good, I talked about ten of them like one of them is uh, overgeneralization. That's where you take a negative event and see it as a never-ending pattern of de- defeat, or you generalize from the event to yourself. Like the young lady who was uh, broke up with her boyfriend, she went from this relationship broke up after two years to I'm unlovable. That's an overgeneralization, and it's, it's, it's not valid. It's not true that she's unlovable. She that's quite a saying, jump after I'll be alone a, forever and that that's not true either. That's that's quite a leap after a 2-year relationship. Yeah. people are we're always doing I don't that mean to I don't mean down. to downplay the way she felt about it at all. No, not at all. It's sad to break up with someone you love. But you know, I've seen people go 20, 30 years and break up you know without deciding that they were unlovable. Uh, Oh, absolutely. But the problem is when you're depressed, you can't see that you're fooling yourself in this. You're as sure as the fact skin on your hand that you are unlovable or you are a failure or you are as good as you you could be. But the good news is there are powerful new techniques to crush those negative thoughts, to, to to put the light to them, and the very moment you do that, your feelings will change, and that's great news. It can happen quickly. When I wrote my first book, Feeling Good, uh, 1980, it was kind of a revolution because we could treat people who were severely depressed without medications for the first time and often see complete recovery in 10, 12 sessions, which was considered a miracle at the time. Now, with the new techniques in my latest book, Feeling Great, when I'm working with people with severe depression, they usually recover completely in one session. It has to be a two-hour session. And the new techniques are things people can use on their own. That's why I wrote Feeling Great. So if somebody has been struggling with, uh, you know, depression or feeling like you're not good enough or anxiety or panic attacks or phobias, uh, you, you can now overcome those problems on your own without a therapist and without medications. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with having a therapist, but uh, the, uh, the the techniques can can speed up your recovery if you're seeing someone, but even if you're not seeing someone or don't want to go to a therapist, uh, many people can now recover on on their own just by using the the kind of techniques I describe in the new book. For decades, 
there has been a chemical response to anxiety and depression from Zoloft to Xanax to all of these different drugs that have been prescribed for people was that born out of a belief that anxiety and depression were somehow chemically triggered? Yes, right. And when I started my career, uh, at the end of my residency, I did three years of research on this chemical imbalance theory uh, in the brain, and I won awards for my research on brain chemistry. And we pretty much proved in an article that I was co-author of in 1975 in the top psychiatric journal that it's not true that a chemical imbalance in the brain causes depression or, or anxiety. Uh, and the, the medications to treat depression really aren't very good antidepressants. They're, they have placebo effects and a little more. The drugs to treat anxiety are true anxiety agents like Xanax and Librium and Valium. Uh, and the rest of them do have rapid, dramatic anti-anxiety effects, but the problem with, with those drugs is that they're all addictive. If you are taking them several times a day, as they're typically prescribed, and you, for three weeks, you'll be, your brain will become addicted to them, and when you try to get off them, you'll have intense anxiety and insomnia, the very same problems you, you had initially, and you and your doctor will wrongly conclude that you need to to stay on these medications. But I, you know, I was a full-time psychopharmacologist, and on 13,000 occasions early in my career, I wrote prescriptions for antidepressants. I never used uh, benzos because I had powerful techniques to, your anxiety without benzodiazepines like Valium and, and the rest. But I haven't written a prescription for uh, more than 25 years for any kind of psychiatric drug to treat depression or anxiety. I, I, my focus is on drug-free te techniques that lead to rapid and dramatic and lasting recovery. With... Um I found it interesting um, what you said about the uh, the idea that that depression isn't necessarily caused by the thing that happens to a person, but how they think about it or how they feel about it. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm fascinated by that. What are the things that that people exaggerate their emotional reactions to the most? Well, um, disapproval is one. Uh, you know, criticism uh, can, can be very wounding uh, to, to some people. Early in my career, uh, one of my mentors, Aaron Beck, uh, uh, said that I hadn't handled a patient properly who was a, uh, behind in pain as Bill at the clinic at the at the university. Uh, outpatient clinic, and uh, I, I, I freaked out. Uh, I, I thought, oh my gosh, I screwed up. Uh, I'm a failure as a psychiatrist. Uh, I'm a terrible human being. They'll probably <laughs> take my license away. And as absurd as those thoughts sound today, I totally believe them. And, and I felt horrible, and I thought, my gosh, why did it take me 
all this time in my life to realize what a horrible human being I am. <laughs> and then I finally went home and forced myself to do what I tell my patients to do, write those thoughts down on a piece of paper and see if they contain any of these distortions, like all-or-nothing thinking and self-blame and overgeneralization and, and uh, hit-and-should statements. And I resisted at first. I said, no, I, these thoughts are valid. I really am a, a, a loser. <laughs> and I finally forced myself to write them down. And I said, this is absurd. This, this is ridiculous. I'm, why don't I tell myself instead, you're a beginner, you have a right to make mistakes. When you see the patient tomorrow, just tell them that you made a mistake and you felt bad about it and talk it over with them. And when you're 78 years old and on the Tom Sumner show, you're, you'll still be making mistakes and learning from them. And that's that's the path to, to expertise. And I, I I just felt so good when I wrote that down. I saw the patient the next day and he I told him I was ashamed and sad because I really liked him, and he was important. The bill was not the important thing. And we just had the best session ever, and he gave me a you know A-plus in his feedback. And uh, But it just really set me upside down, you know, to get criticism from an authority figure. It terrified me. But other people uh, have what I call the love addiction. My worthwhile as a human being depends on being loved, uh, like the young lady. And so when, when a love relationship breaks up, you, you, you go into a depression thinking you're, you're worthless. Others base their, their self-esteem on, on trying to be perfect or on your achievements. My worth as a human being depends on my achievements and my productivity. And then you suddenly one day you look at your career like a, a man who was was painting our our house recently and uh, uh, he he was just doing such a beautiful job and and my wife and I were so grateful he was working on it for the out the outside of the house and uh, for 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 about th- 3 weeks and fixing some wood damage and and stuff like that he was just like a you know like a medieval painter or something he was he was doing such beautiful work and on the last day i was going down to to thank him he was kneeling at our front door uh you know fixing the the thing you know where you step in painting it making sure it was looking perfect and everything and and he looked sad and he looked up to me he says doc i heard i heard maybe you were a doctor and i've been feeling really down and uh i don't know maybe i need a pill or something and he said do you know anything about depression and i said well actually you know i do know <laughs> now that you mention it <laughs> yeah right exactly and uh, i i said you you know sometimes when you're depressed it's because of your thoughts what are you telling yourself and he says well i'm telling myself that i after i graduated from high school I, I've been painting houses and that's all I've done in my life and now it's, uh, it's time pretty soon to retire my body can't keep up with this for a whole lot longer and I'm telling myself that uh, I've never accomplished anything in my life all I was was just a common house painter hey, doctor I have to uh, interrupt here um, can you stick around for a few minutes I have to take a break here Oh, sure. Perfect. Okay, and we'll come back and we'll talk about this some more. In the meantime, I'll let you ponder on something a friend of mine used to say whenever they would make a mistake. Even Fred Astaire stubs his toe once in a while.
point. We'll be back with more right after this. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart delight. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. 
Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. And the Tom Sumner Program. What do comic books have to do with Susan B. Anthony, Stormy Daniels, and Congressman John Lewis? Find out New Year's Eve 2020 on the Tom Sumner Program. Author Mark Schulman talks about comic book biographies of Walt Disney and Susan B. Anthony. The creative team from Tidal Wave Productions talk about a new comic book series called Stormy Daniels Space Force. Plus, former congressional aide Andrew Aiden talks about developing a three-part comic book series about the civil rights movement called March with Congressman John Lewis. The Tom Sumner program continues our look back at 2020 with comic books for New Year's Eve, streaming live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night, simulcast on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. Happy New Year from the Tom Sumner program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with Dr. David Burns about his new book, uh, Feeling Great, and uh, how you can go about feeling great by overcoming anxiety and depression with drug-free techniques. Uh, David, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be back. Sorry to make you sit through all that, but I appreciate you sticking around so we could talk a little bit more. Um just before the break, you were talking about the uh, the the painter at your house and and how he just uh, happened to reach out to you, knowing that you had doctor in front of your name, but not knowing necessarily that you were a psychiatrist. And he happened to be dealing with some depression. Um, is I think we were talking about what are the things that that cause people to become anxious or to become depressed, and right. and first of all, what what are the difference? What is the difference between those two things? And and we were talking about what kinds of things um, people react to and and become depressed about the most. Sure. Well, just take the 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 second question first and to to kind of complete what we were doing but before the break then we'll get to that other great question what's the difference between depression and anxiety but in his case you see he had this this belief my my worth as a human being depends on my productivity and my achievements and my my achievements you know are aren't that that great you know i'm i'm just a just a house painter and and that that's the type of uh, huge uh, for people, you know, perfectionism. I, I I'm not good enough. I I should be better than I am, or f- 
feeling inferior. You know, I don't have a fancy house and a fancy career, so I'm just a in, in, inferior human being. And for him, the solution was remarkably simple and 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 quick. I, I just accelerated. You know, it took about maybe eight minutes, but I'll give you the one-minute version that I, I asked him. Would you talk to a dear friend like this? You see, it's your thoughts, not the reality of your life that causes depression or anxiety or stress or whatever. And and I said, would you talk like this to a dear friend? And I was getting at something called the double standard technique, that a lot of us have a double standard. We're awfully hard on ourselves and loving toward others. And he said, well, of course I'd say that to a dear friend if he was just the same as me. I said, you would, would you? So say that. Imagine there's a fellow right next to you, and he looks just like you, but he's he's a dear friend. He's another guy, and but he's been painting houses all of his life. He's about to retire. He's worried. He's scared. He, he feels kind of worthless. Tell him, hey, uh, you, you, you've wasted your life. You never did anything important. All you've been doing is... is, is, is paint houses and now you've got to retire and you won't have enough money to retire and your body's breaking down say that to your buddy and that he looked up at me puzzled he said i i could never say that to a, a dear friend right. and and i said well why not he he said because it's it'd be cruel on the one hand and on the other hand it it it's not even true it's a lot of baloney and I said, what would you say to your dear friend? I, I said, I, I would tell him, hey, man, you've got a lot to be a proud of. You've worked for decades making people happy, just like you've made the Burnses happy today, making their houses look beautiful. And you've never overcharged anyone one penny, and, and you've given great, great work uh, for, for what you've been paid. And that's the, that's the American way, and that's the human way that's something you can be damn proud of and yeah. as far as your body breaking down and you're still pretty darn healthy and and you may cut back a bit on your work but you have a retirement fund and a wife who loves you and you can look forward to your retirement and i said uh, i said how would that make your friend feel he said fantastic and i said have you ever thought of talking to yourself that way because that's why you're depressed. It's your thoughts. It's not the facts of of, of your life. And he said, and it was like a light bulb went on in his in his head. And he said, Oh my gosh, Doc, thanks. I don't think I need any pills. I'm feeling uh, tremendous. And that's what I want to see for for people. Uh, not you know months or years of taking pills or endless talk therapy, but to change the way you, you think and then you can change the way you feel and that made me feel so great I, I i practically was about to cry when i saw how sad he was and and my wife and i just been talking boy are we lucky to have this guy <laughs> we were so filled with admiration for it's... him and then when we i saw how how down he was how hard he was being on himself it was heartbreaking and it was such a joy to see him turn it around so quickly it's such a matter of perspective isn't it because yep. as you were telling that story david i was i was thinking about the one and only time that i painted a house Oh, wow. The exterior of a house that I owned. And I'm not sure how great the job was, but 
I went around pounding on my chest for six months about that. Oh, yeah. You, you know, oh, I, w- sure. I was just so proud of that accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, I, I did it myself to save the money. And yeah. thought, you know, anybody can paint a house. Well, that's not exactly true. I bet it was hard. And and for all the chest beating I did, I I did have a lot of help. But yeah. I, um, but, but I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, here's this guy you know, who's knocking out houses all the time. Yeah. And, you know, feeling low about it. I do one house and I, yeah. I felt like king of the mountain. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's sad the, the way we humans do this to ourselves. And there's, there's kind of a religious tradition to it. Uh, I, I'm not terribly religious. My dad was a minister, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not sadly uh, that, that, that religious. But even back in the, the Genesis, you know, the original human beings that, you know, Adam and Eve had this capacity to be so happy in the Garden of Eden, you know, where everything is provided, and then something happens and they get banished from the Garden of Eden, have to go out where there's thorns and, and things of that nature. It's probably corny what I'm saying, but it, it, it's it's Well, they had to go out level. and work for a living. It, well, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> but, uh, but we all have this capacity for, for, great, for great joy, but we're always thinking... I'm not good enough. One one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Aaron Beck, who was kind of the creator of cognitive therapy, said he and his wife went went to a, a bar one night to listen to a jazz band that they were interested in. He said there was a fellow sitting at the table next to him. He just seemed to be absolutely in a state of euphoria. So he, you know, the guy was just happy and listening to that band and just, you know, just really having a kind of a party with with himself, and and so Doctor Back was was talking to him and and said, "You you look like you're you're super happy." Uh, and the fellow says, "Oh, this is the greatest day of my life. I I am I'm I'm absolutely in a state of ecstasy, euphoria." And Doctor Beck said, "Well, what happened?" And and he says, "Well, I've been working in a in a bakery for 35 years." And uh, I always had to work in the back, you know, making the donuts and the breads and the stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, uh, t- today they told me I was going to get a promotion and that I was allowed to take the, uh, the, the donuts and the various things and arrange them in the cases in the front. And I am so proud and, and so excited. It's just beyond my, my wildest dreams. And again, you you can see that it's the way you think about what's happening, and, and and but so many of us we say I'm not good enough, you know, I'm not successful enough, or I, I'm not loved enough, you know. I, I my husband and I broke broke up, and uh, and I feel worthless. I feel you know like I could never be happy without his his love or th- things like like that. But the good news is that there are powerful new techniques to to quickly change those thinking patterns and break out of bad moods. And that's why I wrote my first book way back in the late 1970s, Feeling Good, and why I've written the new book, which is based on the, the work I've been doing at Stanford in the last 15 years or so in the Department of Psychiatry, developing these new tech that are even more powerful techniques uh, for for 
you know, crushing depression and anxiety and guilt and shame and hopelessness and anger and things like that. Well, a lot of people set very high expectations for themselves. And then they feel maybe disappointed if if they don't accomplish those things. That's Um, right. Or even if they do and they feel like somehow it wasn't as good as they imagined it. Yeah. It, It seems like it should be okay to be disappointed if you set your your heart to something and and don't quite achieve it yeah but what happens when it goes from just simply being disappointed and picking yourself up and regrouping or becoming depressed yeah well it's how you think about it and healthy sadness is is based on valid negative thoughts like if a loved one dies or a uh, a, a pet who who you love dies. It's it's natural to cry, to be sad, to to grieve the loss of that person or that animal who who you loved so so much. But depression is 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 the result of distorted thoughts, telling yourself that you're not good enough, that you'll be depressed forever, and or like the one that you said, I I should be better than I am, or I screwed up on this. There's there, there's something wrong with me, or what I'm doing, you know, is isn't good enough, or uh, boy, when I get on that airplane, I just know it's going to run into turbulence and crash. Giving yourself these uh, d- distorted predictions about horrible things that are that are about about to happen, and it isn't known why, uh, as human beings, we we have these kind of distortions in our thoughts, the overgeneralizations, the, the black and white thinking, uh, the, the self-blame, uh, you know, uh, fortune telling, you know, predicting danger, predicting I'll never, things will never improve. Uh, but the, the, my recent work at Stanford uh, has indicated that those distorted thoughts don't result from what's wrong with you, like a chemical imbalance in your brain or a, a mental disorder. But actually, from what's right with you, that, that they come from, for example, self-criticism comes from high standards. If you think about uh, Bill the painter, who, who I described, uh, he, he, he was, did be- beautiful work uh, throughout his, his life because he had high standards, because he had attention to, to detail. But what but if he that, had gotten out of school and said, I, you know, I, I want to be an artist, and then started painting houses and never went back to the goal of becoming a fine artist. Yeah, and then, and, and then what, what would the, the question be? Well, the, you, the you, question you, then is, you know, was, was, did he in fact let himself down, or did he set the standard too high? Well, um, I, I think that um, when you're when you're depressed, you're you're taking something that's healthy, having high standards, and just just pushing it a, a little too hard. And the idea is, is to back off a little bit, uh, and 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 could we lower the standards a, a little bit and and feel a whole lot better, and still have high enough standards to do, you know, out, outstanding work. What what's the difference between the healthy pursuit of excellence and, and neurotic perfectionism, uh, f- for example. And, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but but it, I used to be afflicted in the same way, uh, and, and part of the issue that where we get sucked in, uh, 
is because these accept overly high standards reward us in in a way like uh, and so we get addicted to it but but life can become like a roller coaster like when i started out in private practice uh, of psychiatry uh, doing outpatient therapy i was walking along talking to one of my residents in in from my residency class John Rush, who became a very prominent and still is a prominent uh, psychiatrist in in Texas, in Dallas. But um, he said, I feel sorry for these people who think they have to cure every patient. And I said to him, oh, you're right, John, that's such a stupid thing to think. But in my mind, I was saying, well, that's okay for you, John, but for me, I really will cure every single patient. And right. it gave me kind of a high, you know, thinking I was going to become this fantastic therapist. And so when I worked with patients, and I had very difficult patients referred to me the first, you know, 20 years of, of, of my career, I, I, and they recovered, which they usually did, I just felt fantastic. But when they weren't doing well, when they became suicidal or they're saying, you're not helping me, it was a, such a threat to my self-esteem and I would kind of crash and get, get up tight and get, 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 get frustrated. And so while that exceptionally high standards did lead to the development of a lot of techniques, I've developed over 100 techniques to, to crush the thoughts that cause depression and anxiety. Uh, and let me go back to that, um, if, yeah. if you don't mind, David. I yeah, asked yeah. what the difference was between anxiety sure. and depression yeah. and why yeah. we so often see and hear them in the same sentence. Yeah, yeah. The uh, depression uh, is like imagining, uh, well, anxiety is like fear, like something awful is going to happen. All anxiety results from telling yourself you're in uh, tremendous danger. And healthy fear results from danger that's real. And, and unhealthy fear, anxiety, panic attacks, obsessive-compulsive disorder re- result from uh, pre- predicting things that really are not going to happen, from distortions. And so anxiety you can think of as you, you, you think you're like falling off the edge of a cliff, but you're still hanging from the edge of the cliff by the tips of your fingers, thinking you're going to drop at any moment. That's, that's anxiety. Like it could be the fear of heights or, or fear of public speaking or, or, or whatever, whatever it is. Depression is like uh, you've already fallen, and you're at the bottom of the crevice with your broken beyond repair. Uh, that, 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 that's depression. If you're depressed, like thinking uh, you're down, you're sad, you're, you're hopeless, you're discouraged, you're worthless, you're not good, good enough, that, that's depression. But there's a 50% chance you'll also, uh, or there's a 100% chance you'll also be anxious. All depressed patients also feel anxiety. Half of anxious patients feel depressed. You can be anxious without depression, but you can't be depressed without anxiety. I see. Well, fascinating. Um, what what made you revisit the book? Was it just that the, there was so much new stuff? Yeah. To put out. Yeah. Yeah. My my the feeling good has sold, and and its sequel, the feeling good handbook, have sold over six million copies in the U.S. and around the world. And my publisher said, well, why don't you revise Feeling Good? Uh, 
because you, you've got all this, these new techniques, you can kind of update it. And I, I said, well, I'll look at it. And I hadn't looked at it for 40 years. And, and I was amazed at what a beautiful book it is. I, I, it sounds like I'm bragging, but it, I say that kind of with admiration and humility. It, it's just a fantastic book, and it's still curing people who, who read it. And, and I said, it would be a criminal to re- change or revise the, the, this book. And I, and I said, in addition to the publisher, I said, I've just got so much new stuff now, amazing new techniques that I didn't have when I wrote Feeling Good. I think it deserves a, a, a whole new book. And, uh, and, and then, you know, because I, I don't want to hurt the book, Feeling Good. Research shows if you hand that book to people who are severely depressed, 50 to 65% of them will be recovered in four weeks without treatment, wow. without medications, without therapy. And I said, that's still happening. Let's just let that keep happening. But uh, I, I really have so much new stuff to, to, to say. So that's why I wrote the new book, Feeling Great. And, you know, we've just got a couple of minutes left, and I always want to make sure that uh, I give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book Feeling Great is uh, uh, a good place to start, but do you have um, a a website where people can learn more about you and your work, past, present, and future? Yeah, that's right, and and, uh, the website is feelinggood.com, the name of my first book, Feeling Good, with two G's in the middle. And the thing about feelinggood.com is that it's got free resources for people. A lot of people, they promote things on their, on their website, but right. I don't do that. But I have free classes for depression. If you're depressed, you can take a depression test and find out how depressed you are. And there, I think there's 18 free classes the similar for anxiety. Uh, we just had our 3 millionth. Uh, download of the Feeling Good podcast. They're also free of charge. They're for therapists and for the general public. There's techniques that you can uh, show you how to change the way you, you think and feel. And then, of course, there are links to my books that you can get on, on Amazon, the Feeling Good or Feeling Great, and there's quite a few few others. But there's tremendous free resources and if someone's listening and, and, you know, you have a loved one who's, who's depressed, you might want to give them for the holidays the gift of happiness to get a, give them a copy of Feeling Good or Feeling Great so they can overcome their, 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 their depression. But on, that, on the website, there's just, uh, you know, an amazing amount of, of self-help material as well as training uh, methods for mental health professionals. Are a lot of people experiencing depression because of uh, uh, being forced to to stay home more because of the pandemic? Yes, I did a survey on how people felt in about six dimensions prior to COVID and how they're feeling now. And my results uh, confirm the results of surveys done throughout the world by different agencies that there's roughly a doubling of, of depression uh, anxiety, anger, hopelessness, and all negative feelings uh, since uh, since the, the the pandemic. These things were always very common. Mo- most people, even before the pandemic, have have times of self doubt where you feel you're not as good as you should be, or you're worrying about yourself or your family or your kids or 
uh, you know, you're washing your hands over and over because you think you're going to get contaminated, all, you know, phobias and fears. But it, so it's since 50,000 years ago that people have been struggling with these things in large numbers, most people. But the, uh, the, the, the intensity, the, dis- the prevalence of these things has, has gone up by 100%. Can, it uh, has doubled. Can you stick around hey, for a minute? I've got another break this here. This is the unknown sure. comic. Okay. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Virtual play dates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. If you have a knack for sales and fundraising and would like to become a valued member of a fun team, you could be a good fit for the Tom Sumner program. Help us develop the underwriters needed to continue to grow our brand. Write to us at tomsumnerprogram.com. The Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine. 
community-focused and community-supported. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsi flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour, I can't believe how fast the time has gone. Dr. David Burns is the author of Feeling Good and the Feeling Good Handbook. And now, um, after uh, many years, his uh, new book, based on uh, work since then, is Feeling Great. David, welcome back. And uh, sorry, I, I, I really kind of set you up to crash into the break there by bringing up something uh, about how people feel during the pandemic, we could have done the whole show on that. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> a lot of a lot of suffering, a lot of pain going around these days. That's that's for sure. Well, I I asked you to stick around for a few minutes because I I wanted sure. to make sure and thank you for spending this time. I can't believe how fast our time together has gone this morning. And and I think any any final thoughts that you'd like to share that that might help people who are feeling either anxious or or a little bit yeah. down. Sure. The uh the, the I guess the final thought would be that uh, you know that that there there's hope for not only improvement but complete recovery from negative feelings, depression, anxiety, stress, whatever you want to call it. And if you watch TV, you hear all this uh, pressure uh, from the uh, drug companies with, who have huge budgets for marketing, you know, and you think you're, you're going to need this or that antidepressant. But there are drug-free techniques. Uh, and, and, and sometimes medications can be life-saving. I've never been been against them, but the vast majority of people who just aren't feeling very happy, uh, you can change the way you feel without drugs or or lengthy therapy in many, if not most cases, and, uh, you know, pick up a copy of of, of my first book, Feeling Good. You can get them on paperback for, you know, under 10 bucks. I think you can get them used for just a few bucks on Amazon, and it can change change your life or or get the new book which just came out it's a new hardbound there's a uh, sale on it right now for the holiday season it it's feeling feeling great and the publisher is pesi p e s i and uh, uh and and so that that one also i'm getting lots of emails from people who who said the these the, the book has changed their life one thing is that if you get either feeling good or feeling great do the written exercises i got a an email and i get them from all over the world but i think uh, maybe a fellow in egypt or something 
I'm not quite sure, but he said he read my new book, Feeling Great, because he's had 40 years of failed therapy for depression. And he said he, he, he he's a fast reader. He kind of skimmed through it, and he said it didn't do me one one bit of good. It didn't help <laughs> whatsoever. I was just as depressed at the end as the, when I read the first page. But then he said, I remembered that you said you have to do the written exercises to, to get the results. You cannot get the result just by reading so he, he said so i went back and i did one of the exercises and, and and he said and i suddenly started talking to myself in a positive loving way for the first time in my life and he said my depression disappeared in a flash and i felt the first joy i felt in my entire life you know god bless you dr burns and it was just so heartwarming for, for me. But, but that can happen. I've experienced it myself. In the example I gave early in the show, I was down. I was beating up on myself. Right. I was a young man. And when I wrote my thoughts down on a piece of paper, I could see how unfair they were, how, how distorted uh, and unreasonable. And the moment I crushed them, I, I talked to myself in a loving way. Instantly, I not only felt less depressed, I felt joy. And that's that's my message for all the people who are who are listening, who sometimes don't feel joy and who feel down, or have a son or daughter or loved one who's who's, who's feeling down. That it's a measure of hope and joy. Joy is what I'm what I'm trying to give people. Uh, and a perfect time of year to spread a little joy. Yeah. They, um, Dr. Burns, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Good luck on the book and uh, and all the work that you do. Thank you so much, Tom. Have a great holiday. Maybe we'll talk again someday. It's It's been a great pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Take care. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Dr. David Burns. He's the uh, author of, um, well, first, uh, Feeling Good, and uh, the sequel to that, The Feeling Good Handbook. Now he's uh, written Feeling Good. Great, the revolutionary new treatment for depression and anxiety. More of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Waiting in the anteroom of uh, Dr. Haldanish's psychiatric office. In a few moments, uh, Dr. Haldanish will release his last patient. Uh, we've asked for him to give us this hour to discuss with him his new methods in treating psychotic patients. Oh, the door is just opening now, and the patient is just leaving. And we're going into Dr. Haldanish's office now. The patient. That would be patient leaving. Nice, I don't want that nut in here again. You hear me? I don't want her in here for any money, for anything. I don't want that lady in here again. Excuse me, who are you? Doctor, I... Do you have an appointment? Yes, I do. I am paying for this hour in order to interview you. Oh, oh are you uh, from the, uh, I'm from the, the presses? Yes. Oh, how, are, how jolly you are, must be. <laughs> sir, sir, Dr. Haldanish, you yes. just told your nurse not to allow your patient back. Uh, that is yes, not... I can't take it. I can't. She spoke filthy. Filth. Do you hear well, me? You're, well, just Filth a moment, on, on my, my house and my... Just a moment. Uh, you, are, homes. you are a psychiatrist. That's right, accredited. Yes. Yeah, so what's the... I'm not a doctor, I'm accredited. <laughs> Meaning what? I mean that uh, certain people have said you're, you're accredited. 
You are all right. But you are a doctor. No, not in the not in the legal sense. Well, you have the word D. Oh, it's not doctor. It's no. D C R. Yes, yeah, Docker. Docker. It's very close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't look close. I'm a doctor. Yeah. Well, Docker Haldane. Docker. Docker Haldaneish. You 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 are treating. You are treating. Uh, people who are in need of psychiatric yes. help. I lift their hopes, I turn their spirit. I'd like to get back to this yes. poor girl who went screaming from your office. Well, she's filthy and dirty. Well, what is her problem? And I nearly called a policeman in here to hit her and arrest her. Why do I have to hear that junk? Do you have any people who have real problems? A few. I My friends, that girl that seems girl like... That girl is sick. How long she died? Well, you saw me not. But she's that's crazy. Not. She's crazy. For God's sake, that girl is crazy. Have I you ever work. cured anybody of anything? Twice. Who? <laughs> Once a fellow who loved his dog. So, what was his problem? A fellow, Arnold. And most people love their dogs. Arnold. No, but uh, never mind. He really loves his dog. <laughs> And uh, there was a lady by niece. And what was her problem? Niece. She just would sit around the house and tear paper. So uh, you cured both of these. How did you cure the dog lover? What technique did you use? The dog lover, I said, hey, you can't do that. What are you oh, yeah, let's get on to the... I woke him up. I, yeah. I opened his eyes. And Bernice... By niece, I said, I said, don't tear paper. Nice girl like this, just now there's paper. And did she stop? Go out and meet people and go to a party, go to a social function. Don't sit and tear paper. Yeah. Did you cure her? Yes, I cured her. Just telling her not to tear paper. Well, no, if you patch her, slap in the hand. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't tear that. Well, that would necessitate your being with her at all times. Oh, well, I lived with her for a while. <laughs> As a critic, as a viewer, as I, an onlooker. I see. Oh. One, one last question. That filthy woman comes back again. Yes. Being with her father, I swear I'm calling a police. Well, sir, I, I'm sorry we don't have much time. I'm not much a time. violent man. I'm sorry we don't have much more time, but if you had your way, she sir. She was kissing her father in the dream. Oh, is that the dream? Kissing her father in the dream. Well, you want to hear Well, things? many oh. daughters. I have a daughter, and I kiss my daughter. In real life, we kiss each other. Uh, nice talking to you. Goodbye. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the uh, living room. But I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner program. Thanks again to uh, all of my guests. We had uh, Dr. David Burns this last hour. Started the show out with uh, uh, Sylvia Anthony. What a delightful woman she is. And uh, in the middle, Dr. Timothy Smith. Reversing Alzheimer's is the name of his book. Anyway, that uh, that wraps it up. But join me tomorrow morning at nine o'clock for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. Tom Good night, Sumner everybody. Program is a live variety show.
we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.